This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. I'm 15 years into innovating and iterating on the Autoblow. We've made six, seven versions. We have new ones coming out. We have like maybe our eighth and ninth versions coming out later this year. And it's just all about making, sort of devoted my entrepreneurial career to just finding what technology exists and is not being applied to the sex toys industry and how can I apply it to sex toys to make a better experience for men. You're like the Elon Musk of sexual exploration. (laughs) These are automated blowjobs. Yes. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if in the future we could harness this technology that already exists and demonstrate that it could be used to control your sex toy so that you could masturbate by thinking or that you could pleasure someone else somewhere else in the world only by thinking our next model will sync with porn and it'll do what you see in the movies and you could connect it then with VR. It'll work with some VR websites. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. It is another fantastic Saturday. Today's guest is a returning guest, but I'm going to reintroduce Brian Sloan, the inventor of the auto blow, and he has commissioned a project to use a brain-computer interface, BCI, to control the autoblow AI using brainwaves, or in other words, thoughts. And the study conducted by neurotechnology scientists demonstrated brainwave control of four sex toy actions, starting the machine stroking actions, stroking slower or faster, and initiating the finish me function that selects the AI mode at the fastest speed. Sloan additionally obtained a U.S. patent covering his method of controlling sex toys via brain waves. Brian, welcome back to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I am so excited. I feel like I could make a whole mini series out of this right now because there's so much to dive into. I don't know how we're going to get to it all, but I'm going to do my best. So you have been on the show before. And um, in case anybody didn't hear you the first time that you with your first interview, just give everybody a quick little tidbit about your personal backstory. And also, I'd love to know your personal backstory, business backstory, because I've seen the evolution, you know, like this didn't happen overnight. Like you've been kind of in this field and working on this for a while. Yeah, I'm 15 years deep into optimizing a pleasure device for men. I started out, that was in, in 2005, I graduated from law school and decided I I didn't want to work as a lawyer. That wouldn't be really the way to meet my full potential as a human. And yeah, long story short, I started, I was buying from bankruptcy auctions at first, selling on eBay, I was a full-time eBay seller. 
And then I started importing from China a latex fetishware. Just sort of knew that latex fetishware was a niche that was underserved on eBay. Started making especially stuff for big and tall people. And I learned about all the sub latex fetishes. And um, yeah, I ended up then moving to China where I lived for 10 years. And after I sort of tried to grow more the latex business, I sort of realized it wasn't as big of a scale as what I wanted. And then it sort of turned my attention to male sex toys, where at the time, the Fleshlight, which is still a great brand, but it was really the only brand trying to sell directly to men at the time. So I just knew that people wanted an automatic experience. They wanted to have the feeling of something else happening to them. And no one was serious about providing it. People made you know, novelties that said that they did it, but no one really made a full effort. And so I just... I think one of the first people to put a full effort into the the high-tech side of male sex toys. And I've been at it now since then. So I'm, oh God, it's, uh, yeah, I'm 15 years into innovating and iterating on the Autoblow. We've made six, seven versions. We have new ones coming out. We have like maybe our eighth and ninth versions coming out later this year. And it's just all about making, sort of devoted my entrepreneurial career to just finding what technology exists and is not being applied to the sex toys industry and how can I apply it to sex toys to make a better experience for men? You're like the Elon Musk of sexual exploration. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, Seriously! When, when you have so much, honestly, when you have so much out there that's being done in mainstream products and technology, and really it doesn't take an Elon Musk level of genius to say, huh, what if you took... XYZ that's already exists and applied it to sex toys. I think I was just lucky to, to figure out early that no one was doing that and to know that that's what people wanted. Well, listen, I'll tell you this. I don't attribute luck to anything. I think it's where opportunity meets preparedness. And you were, you know, that's why I wanted to ask about your backstory because everybody thinks people, when they come to a business decision that explodes them, that it's something that, you know, they just came up pawn because of happenstance. And you, like you said, have been in this, you paid attention, you've watched the evolution, you've identified a need in the marketplace, and you're now really the first one jumping in to push it forward and satisfy it. And I think that's innovative and sexy all at the same time. Yeah, thanks. Is- the only place really, you know, where, where people talk about luck in business, the only time I really experienced something like really akin to luck is I think that we were well positioned during COVID. Like we had big sales during COVID and uh, that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, we needed to put in the previous like 12 years of work to have supply chain and product and marketing like all together. But then it was a bit in a strange way lucky that we happened to make a thing that that everyone wanted to buy during COVID. So that was a little (laughs) bit of the COVID portion of high sales was a little bit of being prepared at the right time, but also a little luck that we had a global pandemic. And mine was the kind of thing people <laughs> needed. Needed. They really, they really, really needed. Okay. Explain the project you commissioned to use Brain Computer Interface. Yeah. So I found these uh, scientists who uh, insisted they remain anonymous, which is a little strange and annoying in its own. But they basically connected the Audible AI uh, Plus to an EEG headset. So like a headset that detects brain waves, And they demonstrated that we could control the autoblow's commands, that you could command the autoblow to do things just by thinking. 
Can I just really quickly, just from a generic standpoint, because some people may not actually know what the autoblow AI or the autoblow is, and I know what it is, and I think the name describes it, but let's just, let's make sure everyone's following along with us, you know, that what the autoblow is. Yeah. So it's a mechanical, it's an electronic, it plugs into the wall outlet, electronic, mechanical, uh, automatic stroking device for men. It has LED lights, indicate speeds and modes. It has different blowjob experiences it offers. And that's a long story, but discovered from an AI study about the actions that occur during blowjobs. Yeah, you put your penis in there and, and a mechanical uh, gripper moves up and down and jerks you off, basically. So that's when, when we say autoblow, I'm talking about a box that you put your penis in that jerks you off. <laughs> right. It's like a, it's, it's a technologically advanced fleshlight. I'm not trying to simplify it or take anything away from it, but it's you know, you yeah. took no. It's a yeah. It's a mechanical masturbator with various features it has. But in the end, it it looks like a, a thermos. It it had it's packed with technology, and all you have to know is that you put your penis in and you press the buttons, <laughs> and you feel good. <laughs> and away it goes. I know it's automated. These are aut- automated blowjobs. Yes, basically. Okay. Yeah, I hope blowjobs, handjobs. You know, any where it's uh, the stimulating jobs. the penis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. And so I interrupted you when I was talking about, so to explain the, you know, the project that you commissioned, I just want to make sure everyone understands what that is. Okay. So let's go back to explaining the project that you commissioned. So there exists obviously EEG as a way to detect uh, brainwaves already. And I had seen, you know, reported in technology news over the years, this people who were, uh, let's say in wheelchairs, unable to move uh, their hands, were able to have seen, you know, experiments where they connect people to this uh, kind of brainwave detecting machine, the EEG, and they can, you know, move a ball on a screen using their thoughts. And the more advanced one is Elon Musk has Neuralink, which is basically an implantable brain-computer interface, which is also measuring brainwaves, but without wearing a big helmet right. on your head yeah, and I've with like that. 100 wires. So I knew that it's possible to detect brainwaves. And there's also a kind of consumer level of, EEG headset where people are, are, there's a company called Emotive and there's a few others where it's sort of like a pared down headset where you can train your brain to play kind of games online by by thinking, but but just, I think at at a lesser like resolution, like the level of information transfer is sort of less than those consumer ones. So I knew it's possible that technology exists, just like I was saying earlier with, you know, how I looked at what technology exists and then apply it to sex toys. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if in the future we could harness this technology that already exists and demonstrate that it could be used to control your sex toy so that you could masturbate by thinking or that you could pleasure someone else somewhere else in the world only by thinking because our device you know, and many others are internet connected. So I reached out to these, well, first I reached out to many people to, to do this. And when we reach out to people in the sex industry, they always say no to us. Uh, this is normal. So wait, wait, wait. Um, I'm sorry. You mean when you reach out to people that are in just normal mainstream industries because they know it's, it's sexual, it's a, it's within the sexual genre, they say no. Yeah, okay. exactly. So in, in this case, I searched for companies or individuals doing this type of brain computer interface work, and uh, I contacted a number of people. Nor I found them from forums. I found them from YouTube. And, you know, first, if you ask someone, hey, I'm going to pay you to do this work. If you describe it generally, they say, yeah, this is the kind of work that I do. <laughs> then you say, okay, so the only thing is 
Yes. Let the me give thing, you the caveat. <laughs> the thing is going to be like, I'm going to pay you the money that you want. It's fine. But the thi- the device, it's our blowjob machine called the autoblow. And then they start to say, no, 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 you know, whatever. They have a lot of reasons for this. So these guys also were kind of like, maybe. They told me maybe. And then in the end, they had some kind of meeting and said, we need to remain anonymous. And so, okay. So these guys, they're Canadian. They, um, yeah, I basically commissioned them to do a study. So they, they had uh, their test subjects. They connected them to this uh, EEG headset. So we had like a short film made about this. I made a short documentary about this. And that's like a, for listeners, it's like a helmet with like 30 wires coming off of it. That's uncomfortable I think I saw to that wear. on your website. I watched that. Yeah. So Basically, each person had to train. They had to train the machine to know, recognize their brain waves when they thought certain things. And we divided those into, like you said, these different commands. That was start the auto blow, uh, go faster, go slower, and enter the finish me mode, which is the AI blowjob at the fastest speed. So, and in, in the end, the, the result, the only, you know, we don't have like a budget of like a million dollars to do this, right? So, with the budget that we had, we had, uh, I forget if, I think it was three test subjects who each trained this model to do something, but we did demonstrate and they published a, a paper on this that, that's on our website that, you know, if you just had a monkey do this, you'd expect the brain, you know, with all the different commands, you'd expect 25% accuracy for commands. And if it was random, it'd be 25% accuracy. And so we demonstrated for the first time now, I think the range was between like 45 and 60% accuracy get you know thinking on those four various things and there was a way to make it higher like if we didn't have so many options like if we just had start or a stop it would be like 80 percent, you know but we had a few options so it wasn't that high but it was still way high we demonstrated that certainly something was happening that was more than nothing because if a monkey could do 25 and we did 45 or or 50 or 60 then i think that demonstrates what were the monkeys doing (laughs) <laughs> no, no, there's no monkeys. I'm just okay. saying, like you know, if you just <laughs> like, attached to- are monkeys jacking off too? Wait, no. what's going on here? Okay, yeah. yeah. I hope not. Uh, no, if you attach just anybody, you know, and told them think about a potato, you know, then it could be a 25 percent accuracy, right? And we made a film. Normally, you know, I communicate through through film, and we made a a pretty cool short film about it, and uh, it was filmed a bit dramatically, and uh, as you saw, uh, yeah, but we showed kind of what the experiment was like, and. We published this paper. So the important thing is that we showed for the first time that brain control of a sex toy is possible. And then this opens up the conversation with people. Is that something, is that good? Is it bad? Is that something we want? Is it something we don't want? How can we improve that? How would we harness this technology in another five years when the, if, imagine if the implant becomes FDA approved, right? Obviously, if you'd ask people, Probably it'll only become approved for people who really need it, right? But then who knows? In another 10 years, maybe it could be approved for people who just want who just want it. And then at that point, if you'd ask people, well, what would you want to do with it? They'd say, oh, I want to like turn on all my lights in my house. And uh, that's like, that's the child's play stuff, turning on and off the lights, you know? But if you would say, I wanted to masturbate me, then I think it starts to get interesting because then you'd, you'd be able to control your orgasm. You'd need a product, you know, some interface of a product, but you wouldn't be pressing buttons anymore. You'd be thinking and your product or the product of someone else somewhere else in the world would be doing something. And I think that's actually changes the nature of sexual interaction potentially. So that's interesting to me. That is exactly it. And that, okay, one of my questions, I'll just jump right to it. I mean, I have other questions that would be a better follow-up to that, but actually I didn't know that you 
have a law degree because one of the things I am super interested in is how that changes the legality. I mean, people are going to have to rewrite the laws of consent. And I mean, this is really big, right? If you're doing something remotely through an interface, this is not something that the current laws, I think, are ready to address when it comes to sexuality or sexual offenses or, I mean... Already with internet control of sex toys, it's possible to... We, we actually made a funny uh, a commercial. I, I, I had an, I, I filmed like a yeah kind of funny video about this where basically we show a guy who thinks that he's sending a link to control his auto blow to his girlfriend and it shows her she's waiting and waiting. And he ends up sending it, you know, her name starts with like a G, but he ends up sending it to his grandmother, you know, who's <laughs> like, uh, like on the toilet and she gets it on the, and, and then she's like, I don't know, what's this? And then she starts like moving all the sliders around and she basically like ends up, you know, like jerking off her grandson by accident because, and then he later realizes the, the girlfriend's like, why didn't you send me the link? And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like finished. And then he like realizes he sent the link to his grandmother. So there are a lot of opportunities for mistakenly having sexual interactions with others online. What about people hacking into your sexual interaction? Well, there's not really, in, in the way that we and most people control the toys, there's no way to hack in. It's like, if I wanted you to control my Audible, I would send you a link and then you'd open that link. So, but then I would be basically, if I, I would be consenting to you controlling my Audible, but if you pass it off to like, I don't know, your neighbor, you know, like, and you said, hey, uh, play with this thing. And then you told me later, it was my neighbor that jerked you off and not me. And that'd be weird. I'm sitting, yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's, it's my boyfriend. I don't have time for this right now. Here, you take over, <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. I and I would say, it. I have yeah. not consented to your boyfriend yeah. doing that to me. I've consented to you doing that to me. Yeah. 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 So certainly this is already possible, but I don't know what the legality is of, of, over the, you know, uh, certainly probably it's the case, you know, there's this like models, like OnlyFans models where you pay for like interactions. You're already, yes, they're already outsourcing about. this yes. to like, there are armies of like men and women in the Philippines who are actually the the speakers for the models or wherever else they are. And so yeah. certainly, I don't know if people don't realize this or not, but almost certainly all of the people speaking for the person who they're having sexy chats with, it's a guy or a girl, probably a guy in the Philippines whose job it is to be like an only fans, like sexter. So yeah. that's already yeah. kind of getting borderline. But if that guy or that girl in the Philippines is controlling your auto blow and you think it's someone else, then this is unconsented to. I, yeah. I think. No, no. I mean, it's, it's crazy. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole more in just a minute, but I guess, so just the overall outcome of the project, if you had to sum it up was that with your mind, I mean, like I'm, I'm following this in layman's terms. If I'm a layman, I'm sure there's other laymen that listen to this podcast. <laughs> we aren't this scientifically forward thinking. But so someone yeah. else is able to just think what they want the auto blow to do. They need an interface, right? It's the thoughts. And then you need an interface, obviously, whether it's some kind of mechanical hand or the or a device like the auto blow, whatever devices now come on the market because of this ability. And you can stimulate somebody in a sexual way or maybe even yourself right through it i think it's more likely yourself but certainly you can do it i mean a one woman on some cam website could think and control 50 auto blows or whatever i mean it's it could be a relatively jerk, but it's a mental circle jerk she's like there's so many possibilities <laughs> you can like 
There's so many possibilities. Oh, this is this is interesting. Okay. Are you able, is it so finite that you could actually articulate with your thoughts that does that get translated into the softness of the touch or the pressure of the sensation that is being delivered? No, and uh, certainly not. And I'll tell you that the level of this technology now, what we did, it's not that you're thinking, you're also not thinking, make my blowjob go faster in our version, okay? Okay. That's also kind of a future thing. And you're not thinking, make my blowjob go slower or start the blowjob. You're actually thinking very different thoughts, okay? Things like purple dinosaur, like, or sorry, you're not even thinking that, sorry. You're actually thinking, move my uh, left leg, move my left arm. And they're actually mapping the best way right now to map these brain waves onto those like physical buttons is by thinking about moving body parts. That's like the best way to have the most different kind of brain waves that can be recognized by the computer or whatever. So okay. it's not that sexy if you're thinking left leg move, left leg move, left leg move, and that's like make my blowjob faster. That's not very erotic. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, there's a catch oh, to this. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's almost like okay, okay, okay. So it sounds like what you're saying is there's like this you have to be able to you're thinking of it with a certain phrase or terminology, you know, words that you're linking together and that's being picked up on, but it doesn't translate. It's not the same as if I were to say, come for me, or, you know, let me see that come. I'm in order to do that. I might be thinking, I might have to think with my partner, left leg, left leg, left leg, left leg. Yes. You have to think, move my left leg. I mean, that's the current state of it. Right. And, and okay, that's also okay. the, some limitation about the equipment that we used and but yeah, the cleanest way to get the best, like most different brain waves is to think about the standard today is thinking about moving different body parts. Okay. okay. So that's also not, I mean, but this is the beginning. This is like I said, this is in the, the, in the short film, like this is the Kitty Hawk moment. This isn't like the flight across the Atlantic. This is like getting yeah. the airplane up. And that is the state of the art currently is thinking about moving body parts, not thinking like creative thoughts, like make okay. it go a little faster, make it go a little slower. Yeah. That's like the next, next, next. So like, this is like a five, 10 This is the proof of concept. Thing. Is, is yes. that what, is that, okay. So this is your, this is the proof of concept, but from here it can expand in all kinds of areas. That's, that's for sure where there's companies like devoting huge resources to this because we don't need to be the ones to devote the resources to this. Gotcha. People like the Neuralink and other competing gotcha. companies around the world, they are coming out with the technology and people like me, all we need to do is You're to like, link, our, yeah, link our product yeah. with that technology if they license that for sexual uses. You know? you know, They'll obviously have some kind of API that lets other people connect to it, but they'll be deciding who gets to connect with our thing. And they'll say, oh, like Lutron gets to connect, but Autoblow doesn't. Like okay, you can control okay. your lights, but you can't control your blowjob. So there's going to be gatekeepers <laughs> along the way. Yes, I got it. I got it. Well, you know, then that's going to breed like brand specificity where like we don't, you know, like just like we have now in the sexual genres, right? There's certain platforms, certain things you can't do, you know, like on Facebook, there's going to be people like linked up that like, okay, we won't, we won't ever allow this type of technology or this, this type of connectivity to that, those types of actions that our brain chip can produce or whatever. Interesting. So then how does your, okay. So, so I'm curious in how your patent kind of covers all of this. Are you saying that moving forward, does this patent say that 
moving forward, anybody that wants to connect a brainwave activated device or interface to a sex toy has to be through a device that you have or own or nobody else. No, can I mean, it, it would mean that, that, that it's, a, it's a bit technical. Exactly. I think our patent might describe like kind of the method, but we, it says broad, basically you make a patent first narrow and then you broaden out with continuations and different, uh, but it's as broad as possible. But yeah, what it could mean in the future is that, you know, the patent lasts, you get 20 years on that, right? So what it yes. could mean is that if someone wants to commercially offer something that our patent covers, then they would need to license the patent from us or they would infringe. And then if we want to, if it's commercially interesting, then we would have to like file suit against them to stop the infringement or to force a license or it's very expensive to enforce patents. But I did think it was interesting enough that the space was open and we did get a very interesting patent in the space. And there are people who also have more money than us who might come to us and say, we, they may we, buy we, we that. Can, yeah, they might, they might buy that from us in, in the future. But I don't think people are knocking on my door today. But a 20-year lifespan for like what it costs to, to get the patent is interesting for us. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, you have a lot of different options and ways that you can monetize that. You know, you yeah. can... Hopefully. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's so interesting. Okay. Where, now I, I asked you this before, and now that, now that we're getting deeper into the brain control, okay, and we're talking about all the different applications for this, which is obviously remote, you know, it can be male initiating it to female or female initiating it to male, these remote hookups, basically, mental hookups. I want to know right now, Brian, where is the auto lick AI and the auto fuck AI? Because <laughs> I know men love all, you know, men love that attention, but you know what? They also love to give it to. There's an ego thing that we, that men have, and they want to be the ones giving, okay, these females, these orgasms. How are you going to help make that happen? So I don't, I don't like the women's market. It's very crowded. It's yes, very crowded. Yes, but you hold on. I, wait a minute. I got it. I have to drill down on this one. I got it. No, I'm going to stop you right there because we talked before and you didn't like it because, you know, you felt like when you came out with the auto blow AI, that sex toys were mostly dominated for females. Okay. But that's for female, you know, self-pleasure. We're talking about a whole new category here. I want to see you jump in because you already have, you're ahead with the development of this stuff. Just catch the women up. Come on. Yeah. You mean you mean a product that works like the male product and female product work together. So this is also a very dangerous space in a way to develop in. There are a lot of patents out there on female male products like pairing together to move in a certain way. This product has already been like busy for many years with patents. And it's very easy to run into some kind of covered area. Yes. But if your patent with your brainwave patent. <laughs> yes. It's not, uh, 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 it's not going to infringe. Yeah. The other interesting thing is about that space is that I don't think that women, like the, the space for men, it's very clear for me. That's what men want to do. They want to use these products online and connect with, ha at least have other people control their product. But I, my feeling is that women, that it's a smaller market for women. Do you think that many women want to be like connected to the internet? Will they masturbate and all this? Okay. You tell me. Yes. Listen, this is why you and I right now are brainstorming or coming up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> 
you better be the one to forward this, like get ahead of this, bring it to market first after we discuss it. Okay, right here. <laughs> because I'm ready. This is what I'm predicting. Okay. This is the part that people didn't hear before we started this interview. We were talking. And what I was saying is this is going to, right now, It's I don't think anybody disputes that females are in control of the sex act. We say yay or nay. Men, right now, when you have on the dating apps, 50% of men are swiping right, only 10%, five or 10%, I think it is, of women. That's why there's these thirst traps. You know, look at look at what we see in Instagram and women, the Instagram and all that stuff, like for women, that's their porn. That's their porn addiction. They get that dopamine hit with the likes and all that stuff. So they're really in the driver's seat right now, right? We've got birth control, we've got feminism, we've got all these things that swung the pendulum to a certain point where the women are in control of the sex act. This takes it back because men are simple. And I understand that, but women are the ones, we need connection, I think, more than men do. Men will jack off and have an orgasm. Now, what happens when all the men are jacking off and giving themselves the best orgasm of their life because you made that happen because they're able to control it, they're able to suck their own dicks, basically. And they don't need to be flexible. So what what's going to happen? This is going to create, let's be forward thinking here. This is maybe the females that are your age and my age, we're going to have a hard time coming around to this, but the ones coming up are going to catch on because people adapt. Everybody's adaptable and they're going to, all of a sudden women are going to be like, yeah. And this will be the new phase for OnlyFans and porn models. It's like, okay. I can actually like give everybody a blowjob for a dollar. And I do that times a hundred thousand every day of thirsty men out there. And like, cause some of them that want the interaction or that want to look at a female while that's happening. Yes, there's absolutely a need for this. And women will want it too, because like I said, the men where now it's, they're pounding at our doors, there's going to be a scarcity and you're going to feel that need. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't, I can't Can say I that. You? <laughs> when, look, when I, when I, when I think about the future of all this technology, I can't say that it's all going to be super positive for society. I, I mean, it's I'm not, uh, I, I, think, I think before that. you'd ask me at the beginning when I made, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, I'd say, oh, come on, we're just making masturbation better. And I think as it's getting better and better, I don't want it to become evil. I don't want it to become Facebook evil or, you know, Reddit evil. You just need to get your dopamine hit, uh, like Tinder evil, Instagram evil. I don't want it to become that way. But you can't stop that. No, but I, but it's true because like I was saying, our, our our next model will sync with porn and it'll do what you see in the movies and, if, and you could connect it then with VR. It'll work with some VR websites. That does start to get potentially into the... Um, Explain that. Uh, yeah, go, go a little deeper into that. I want to talk about I, that. I can't say that for every person, that's going to be like a healthy thing to do all the time. I think for some people, they can escape into fantasy and that can be like a normal part of their masturbation life. But certainly, I think the better and more realistic it gets, I think there is a risk that it could tempt people out of the gene pool to reproduce. Or it could just make people who weren't going to reproduce happier. I don't know which option it's going to be because I don't think there's anything wrong with making people happier but I do think it might be an unhealthy choice if people thought it was so good that they decided against relationships and reproduction. But I don't know. I don't know if something could be so good to, you know, remove people's natural inclination to reproduce. But, but that's I guess already even, happened. 
That's yeah, already happened. Like Reddit and all, and like just constant swiping. Ha- no, yeah. no, I'm gonna go back. We're gonna let's go back. I mean, honestly, that's already happened. And Reddit is a byproduct, and all of these dating apps and everything is a byproduct of, quite frankly, women having autonomy and power over their sexual reproduction, which happened a long time ago. And so it's really only within the last hundred years, you know, we're seeing this. But we are seeing it. And so, again, like I said, when the pendulum swings one way, it, you know, we, we see this throughout history, you know, like things swing one way and they swing. There has to be sort of a, a natural balance or equilibrium. And so the solution to men having to really work hard because women have become elevated, right, with social media and OnlyFans and all of this stuff as far as really now in control of their how they can wield their feminine wiles and, and monetize it even. Right. And so this is going to, it's, it's, there's, there's just a change in the dating market. You know, I mean, it's there, you know, you're not causing it, but you're in there, you know, it is a kind of subset though of women, the women who need to be constantly admired on, I was going to say LinkedIn, the, the number of women who need to be constantly admired on uh, Instagram. I know, but do you think that's a subset? I hope so. I mean, I've been married for a while and I I don't know, but I hope it's a subset because it's really like, no, thank you. Thank you. I mean, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what I'm trying to tell, you know, I'm not in that subset. You're not in that subset. And this is what I'm trying to impart on young women, like who are part of this toxic masculinity rail against the patriarchy, all that is this stupid crap. I'm like, you are just brewing problems you don't want, ladies. And this is what I'm trying to say. And so, but but I do think it's pretty evident that Instagram and all that stuff, it's like, that's the female addiction. That's the equivalent of the male porn addiction. When men, uh, interesting. You know, yeah. I think yeah, that's, I mean, if, that, that, that's fair. I mean. And, and, and that whole gen, and so what I'm saying is it's, it's, it is behind us. You and I probably want to date traditionally or dated traditionally and you and your wife probably courted traditionally, all that stuff. Like, But there's this whole like, right, just kind of behind us. We missed it, you know, is, is this, it's a different world and a different animal. And as it evolves, I think, again, the male response to men who are, men are innovators traditionally, right? I mean, they build the buildings, the roads, all that, they're innovators. And so they have, a, there's, they're very basic creatures. Well, we got a problem. You know, there's a scarcity of females that we can match up with, we can date, that we can marry, that we can have kids with, that we, you know, well, and and have blowjobs with, you know, and not, and men are very basic. Love you guys, but you know, like, so here you go. You're going to innovate your way out of this problem, which is going to make the standard female have to sit there and go, uh oh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I never, yeah, I focus so much on sort of like the medium term and my own like stuff that I never thought about it in, in those terms before, but I, I think that's a very interesting way to think about it. And yeah, it's true that if, you know, and it's also, I mean, I've seen this, this stat that like 10, you know, the women on those dating apps are all having sex with like the same, like, like 5% of the guys are that's having sex say. with like 80% of the women. Okay. Okay. That is the statistic because the average female, let's say who's a five or a six can now women date across and up, right? But now we're, I think more are going up, right? Because of the, uh, you know, they're creating this scarcity thing because men are <laughs> like, they want it more. And I think like, this is a way, it's my prediction. <laughs> Someday when we're dead in the ground, someone's going to watch this and be like, those two people knew what was coming. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, what what happens in society, when there's an, un- an unbalance of, uh, 
men and I mean, uh, I lived in China for a long time. Chinese government is particularly afraid of what happens with the unmarried male population. They think they become criminal and uh, uh, yes, yes. they have a higher potential of becoming criminal, becoming a drain on society, exactly. causing social problems. And so they already have an imbalance because of the one child policy of eligible men. Isn't there a term, and I don't know what it is, uh, I can't remember, what you just described there, there is actually now a specific term for that. I think it's, it's just in Japan. They have a, a label for this phenomenon of, you know, now they have these, the society and culture of men and women who actually don't know how to date each other and interact. Yeah, it's true. I've heard it here. I, I heard it from a, a friend's a kid who's like in high school or something here. They said that they only date and interact through these apps, that they'll happily just be at their, they'll be home, okay, chatting with like a girl, like on the phone all night, but like by texting. And he's like, why don't you go do something with her? And they're like, no, no, we, we have to like do all this like texting first. The parents don't really understand it. It's bizarre. I know. I know. So let's talk about just, okay, so we know th this could really change things, but let's talk about, I'm really curious about how, you know, for people who like group encounters, how you see this future technology can work equally as well for like individuals and, or people who, you know, basically, I guess you can link anybody in the world anywhere together in a sexual experience. And you can have that be as limited one-on-one -on -one or expansive, right? As you want. Is that like, I mean, you could have long distance glory holes. Yeah. And there are, are people. Are we, we, uh, we, can we, we see have it, long uh, distance glory holes? We, we can. And we've seen it like on Reddit. There is a, a subreddit for remote control sex toys where you basically, we've seen it with our, because the Autoblow, you can send a link to anyone. They click the link and they open up the window and they're controlling the Autoblow. So the guy will post, I've seen it come up like, control my Autoblow and they'll post their, their link. And that could be any, if someone clicks it, that's anyone, anywhere, but controlling their Autoblow and they don't know. So there already exists these digital uh, glory holes. I mean, they're safer. You don't get like AIDS through the through the digital glory hole, it's, it's probably a lot safer than going to the uh, adult bookshop glory hole, but it certainly, <laughs> it certainly changed things because you can use the glory hole in your own house. Yeah. It's just fascinating. This is why I'm saying, well, like, I think women, we, you know, I'm just like warning women, like get ready because guys are simple creatures and they'll want that quick, like they can get their dick sucked without having to take somebody out on a date. <laughs> they're gonna do it especially younger guys i mean i'm talking about you know i mean it's just like and if you don't ever if you don't ever grow up and ha with the appreciation and the understanding of that dynamic that just that interpersonal dynamic between a man and a woman and how that relates because if you never experienced it you really would just wouldn't know you wouldn't know what you wouldn't know is my and the, the same way where maybe now, you know, young people grow up with a cell phone and they don't, you know, know what it's like to be out without messaging people all the time. They, they also don't know, don't know what it was like to use they, a payphone. Right. And they also don't, don't know what it's like to, for example, not have, you know, 20 years ago, the masturbators were, or let's say 30 years ago, it was like a gross rubber cup, let's say, right? So it wasn't like that attractive to own a masturbator. But if now the people who are graduating, let's say high school, going to college and they buy their first masturbator and it's like an audible or something that's like really doing a good job of making them feel oh. good, 
then yeah, then they're then, wrecked. Then, then I do think <laughs> that it could. I mean, it depends. I think it needs to be used responsibly, just like other things need to be used and responsibly. It, yes, I think you're right. You know, I think uh, that's a really good point. I think people probably nowadays that we have a little more knowledge about it, but anything that's giving you those dopamine hits, those things that we know are highly addictive, that, that you have some responsibility when you use that and the effect that it it's having, because it's very strong, very powerful. And I mean, that's part of what, what makes all this very fun and exciting. I mean, they have choice. They have a lot of choice with all things. The, when we were in high school, you had to get marijuana from the the dealer and you you got some like you didn't know what you're gonna get some normal you get some normal stuff and I, I I haven't smoked for many many years but I've been into a store here where it's legal you can get the like this crazy hundred percent stuff it's totally different so if you're starting out for example doing anything that's like supposed to be fun like using a sex toy or trying marijuana it's totally different now like it's a it's a different substance and it can be more addictive if you don't use it. Like, I would think that's a bad idea. You wouldn't just, for your first time, buy this like 100% stuff, but people are doing that. Maybe your first time using a sex toy shouldn't be like with VR, you know, with like a $4,000 setup, because maybe that's going to be, you know, a bit too good. I don't know. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree. I mean, this is, like I said, I just, I feel like this is the biggest disruptor potential disruptor to the sex industry, not potential, it is going to do it. I mean, like it's already doing it, but this is the biggest disruptor to the sex industry in a long time. And, you know, this is going to put cam girls and OF girls and escorts, you know, they're either, they're going to be washed out or they're going to have to bend and trend with the times. It's going to open up a whole nother, yes, uh, you know, industry really, I mean, uh, you know, around all of this and it's not going to be so much the men chasing after women, you know, for their thirst traps and all that. So (laughs) women, I'm like, you really, I really do feel like it's that time's up. (laughs) You better, you better start to evolve. I mean, like a lot of trends, there are trendy ways to make money. You know, you can sell sell shovels in a gold rush, right? And I think a lot of those OnlyFans models are kind of selling shovels in a, in a gold rush. But obviously, at some point, people will realize this is not that healthy to pay you money to fake like me and buy your videos and all this stuff. I think people will sooner than later realize that this is not a good way to spend money or a healthy trend. And they will have uh, they will be all out of shovels to sell, (laughs) except for maybe the top shovel sellers. (laughs) (laughs) Top shovel sellers. I know. There's like literally on my before I got on with you, I'm just thinking like this gives. I mean, this gives a whole new meaning to the term mental masturbation. Men can literally suck their own dicks, and there's going to be so many new terms that need to be trademarked, and the Urban Dictionary explosion that's going to come from this whole new wave is is crazy. But honestly, I just have to circle back, Brian, and say like. <laughs> Forgetting that, forgetting that patent on, you know, and I, I understand how patents work and they can be wide, but you know, like how you can really start to, to narrow them down and all that. I mean, I really feel like good. <laughs> you were fucking smart. That was I, I a hope, good let's move. See, ask me in 20 years if I made, if I just spent money on that patent or if I made any money from it. I'm telling you, no, I'm telling you right now, I think there's so many ways to use it. And that's why I'm just like, oh my God, I'm like. I'm excited to do this interview with you because 
like I said, let's fast forward at 10 years and I'll be like, I interviewed him before he just blew up. <laughs> so what are you, speaking of blowing up, what are you working on for the near future? Like, what do you see coming? You know, where's your, I've seen the evolution of where you, where you've been. We've been on like a, another, a, a patent sort of a rush for the past few years, patenting up a lot of this space. Some of it, the interesting ones are on the, you know, we, we have to script videos to our new product coming out will move in the way that you see the actions in the videos, but that requires someone to manually script videos. So it limits the li possible library size. We got a, a number of patents on automatic, like scripting of videos using AI so that you could load any video uh, of sexual activity and this sort of like computer will automatically make it move with the product. So there's some patents on that and there's other patents on like, it's also interesting for the, the future of sex toys are is a patent on um, basically uh, using machine learning to understand your usage of a product. And then uh, uh, it would record somehow the, the movements that you selected, you know, over 10 or 20 or 30 times of using it. Then it would generate for you a mode, a custom mode based on your preferences that you've expressed through all of your previous usages of the product. And there's another one actually that's like on a... Um, questionnaire so the like in in a way that maybe you might someone might do with the person you know the person might do something to the other person and then say did you like that and uh, you know put them through sort of a physical survey do you like this do you like that do you like it when i do that so this is a, a sort of steps uh, we have a pat patented this process to uh, where, where you'd go through a series of questions and the product would do certain things to you and you'd give it sort of a rating i like that zero i like that 10 and it would customize the way it strokes based on your expressed preferences through a survey, you know, in, in a similar way to, to a person. But anyway, on the product side, there's two new products. This one new mechanical device that will sync with porn is the main new feature. And then we made another one, which is like a, a bit of a stretch. It's uh, like, a, like for the very serious masturbator, it's, gonna, it's an $800 suction-based masturbator that can give you an orgasm whether or not you can even achieve an erection. So... It uses this suction. It's it's big. It's like twenty pounds. Okay, but it feels whoa, whoa, whoa. better. Wait, can I, can I stop you right there? So, does that? How would that work for people that are disabled? So you would need someone. So there is a way, in theory, for us to make like a, a holder. Someone else has actually forwarded us a link before on uh, Amazon of a like a lap. Uh, sorry, a, a, a screen mount. Like a, sorry, a, a monitor mount for a table that they've rigged to hold the auto blow but yeah it will mean that people who are for example in a wheelchair or don't have like very good use of their hands can rig this thing up to use so i think that's actually quite interesting um it, and also I, I, yeah wait can i ask you one other thing because we're really because you're also getting into the mental stimulation portion of this and i know men have wet dreams i've had wet dreams i've actually woken up when i'm like dreaming i'm having sex and i'm having an orgasm nothing's being touched so I know that a lot of that's like in the brain. Are you doing anything that's like able to trigger and stimulate just pleasure centers in the brain that could actually give somebody an orgasm that's paralyzed from the waist down? No. And I Maybe never heard could. of <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. There, there are a sex toy. It's, not a, it's like a medical sex toy that's meant for masturbation for people who have like spinal injury. It's basically just a... It's like a $600 vibrator that they vibrate like behind the head of their penis. But there are also sex toys that do that for like 80 bucks. But anyway, there is a medical grade one for people with spinal cord injury. But the bigger market for that suction based one is that 
because it uses actually like vacuum suction. Um, there are a lot of, e we get a lot of emails like from people who can't have erections for various health reasons or because they're old sure. or whatever. Yeah. And so they want to know like, does the auto blow, like the current one, can it give me an erection? And we tell them like, no, sorry, you need to like use a pump first or whatever you need to do. So a product that can go onto a flaccid penis and that can actually generate the erection by being a pump at the same time as it's a masturbator, that's sort of a highly requested thing. It's just to, in order to do it, it's like weighs 20 pounds and costs like $800. But I don't think that's a crazy amount of money for this like level of pleasure that it's going to give the users. Like that's worth it. It's like a buy it for life kind of item. So I mean, you so can have coming. orgasm orgasm shops, like a coffee shop where you have a machine there and they have a way to sterilize it and all that. People can just, I'm coming in for my 30 minute orgasm appointment. I mean, I, I wish that it was, uh, it, it makes sense, you know, that you could share such, you know, that you could just have like booths. It'd be like, like jerk off booths, but you'd be using this, uh, yeah. you know, device. I think better is if they uh, legalized like uh, erotic massage. Yeah. Like I get it that like, they don't want as a public health issue, like exchange of fluids like between like one person to like a thousand people. But I think erotic massage doesn't, wouldn't hurt anybody. And it would provide a kind of like relief some men would require <laughs> be in favor of that. Yeah. Okay. So is it, did we cover, I know I kept, I'm sorry, I kept interrupting you with my little sidebars there, but did, did you get through everything that you're kind of working on? Yeah. Just those two. Yeah. We make like one thing every two years and now we're making like two of these new devices at the same time. So that's our limit. <laughs> Yes. And ultimately, where do you, how far can, do you see this all going? Like, what do you think is really within the realm of possibility? Give me some of your crazy thoughts, your mad no, there's thoughts. No, we, we, we just basically like, we just like focus on sort of this like medium term, like using new technology, build something that's better. Look at what other people are building, build something better. And we just, I wouldn't have known. I don't know. That's the interesting part. I don't know where it's going because I don't know what other kind of technology will be out there people always ask for, you know, I don't think this is necessarily making it better, but people look at the size of our device. They'll say, well, that's big. It's like, okay, it, it, does it really matter if it's three pounds or if it's two pounds? Like, that's not like really the issue. The issue is, you know, of course, if it's like 80 pounds and you need to like buy a table to hold it, like, you know, but it's like, we're talking about like ounces here. So I don't think it's even the size of devices. I think it's really the future is going to be in new types of motors that will allow for there's a kind of motor that we looked at before that's silent, but this motor was $600, like for one, one motor. It's used in industrial manufacturing, uh, this kind of motor. So I did think it would be interesting to offer a, even though I don't think the devices now, I think they're very quiet, especially compared to the old ones, but a silent device, like really, act, like this just uses magnetics to move like pieces around. That's interesting, but I don't know that it's necessarily giving a better physical experience. I really focus on the physical so I think maybe there are going to be smaller and better and stronger types of motors that allow us to do multiple things to the penis at the same time, like like stroking, twisting, and a, a vacuum suction at the same time, but within the same sort of size. If we say, okay, three pounds is our limit, how much stuff can we do within the shell of a three-pound masturbator? That's interesting. So yeah, it's just making it more convenient, making the experience easier for people and more convenient. And I think innovating on the video sync side, allowing them to sync with videos of any sexual activity, that will be a plus for users. Okay. Tell me about that. So you're saying you can sync with 
any, you could be watching just random porn and sync with it and feel what's happening. Like you could feel that you could not just watch it, but feel it. Yeah, you'll feel, I mean, you can't like, you have to invent movements for the machine. Say that there's just like some licking, okay? There's some licking. You're not like doing that much with the product. You do some kind of like fluffer motion with the product if there's licking. But when there's penetration or oral sex or whatever, and that you can see the depth of the penis going into some orifice, now we have to manually script the machine to do exactly what they're seeing. But with this other technology, we can, it's not quite as good, but it applies to more films. So the question will be, what's better to sync it perfectly with like 500 films or to sync it like 80% accurately with like unlimited number of films. So only the users will kind of tell us that, but we're already working on that technology and it'll be launched, you know, next year and we'll see if they like it. That's incredible. So when you and I spoke about the Autoblow AI, I had said, okay, I'm already like, I didn't know about this component here you were working on, but my mind was greedy. And I was like, okay, let's work together. And let's like, is there a way that a woman can come in and like have a bunch of sensors like in her mouth and maybe be giving a blowjob to a fake uh, penis replica that has all these sensors on it? And so that she could do her best blowjob, her best skills. You know, women are always saying, oh, I got the skill. Like, so I could give like a Layla blowjob. It's you've. I don't know, I guess capture all those data points and then somebody, an end user can then say, okay, I want to purchase a Layla blowjob for 50 cents or a dollar or whatever. And that's available to anybody in the world and they get that experience. And then they can also customize that by like, I like more pressure on the head in the beginning, the way she did that. Let's do that repetitiously. Like they could actually create their they can kind of have the best of both worlds, right? They're maybe the person that they think is sexy and then get a blowjob, a virtual blowjob from them and then customize it if they want to. Is that possible? Yeah, so I'll give you the truth about this kind of stuff. The truth is that it's possible. We know about the option to do that, but the reason we're still in business after this long is because we don't go down this kind of like rabbit holes of uncertain amounts of money for lots and lots of efforts, right? So there are other okay. people, there are other people, we like when other people do this, they will okay. uh, throw lots of money and effort at, at kind of activities like that, that they, they, that are certainly innovative, but less clear whether they're profitable. So we sort of stick to like the lower hanging fruit, which is like, let's make a machine that feels better. Let's make it work with porn. Let's make one for people who can't have erections, like big groups of like big problems, you know, and this kind of like cool stuff like, oh, what if we had like, imagine all the infrastructure you need to like, like get all this data and sell the blowjobs and process micro payments. And like, that's getting into like, just certainly someone is going to do it. I'll just be happy when it's not us. And if it really works for them, then I'll do it when they prove that it's making money. But until then, I'm happy to let someone else do it first. No, this is going to make money. This is going to make money. You don't want to be number three. You got to be number one. And yeah, remember Snapple? And you can kind of cock block them a little bit with your patent. Like, yeah. let's do a flex. Come on. Yeah. Snapple had an ad, I remember, a long time ago. And they were like, we're the number three drink. And we're okay with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. I like that. That's pretty funny. I know, but. Man, you you know, first to market just cleans house and then everyone else is chasing on those heels. And at that point, you know, it won't matter. You've got enough money. You're like, fuck it. Who cares about number two and three? I'm 
I'm number one. And even when they make me obsolete, I've already cannibalized, you know, a huge percentage of the market and pulled out all that revenue. And like I said, you could just be like two years, two, three years. I'm done. Just I'm living, on my, I'm living on my boat. Uh, have you ever heard a real touch? Uh, maybe no. some of your listeners would have, you can Google it after. Basically, yeah. real touch. This is like way back in 2005 or six. Real touch made a masturbation machine that synced with videos in 2005. Okay. They had a serial cable, like a printer cable, like a very thick serial with a serial connection between the device and the computer. And you had to buy movies from them. Anyway, they did all of this and they did it almost 20 years ago. The story of Real Touch is a story of failure because their product was very expensive. They did too much too early and they actually couldn't control their costs and they went on a business. But the happy ending for that guy is that I heard, as I understand it, the same guy that invented this Real Touch product with all the video syncing also invented the electronic cigarette. And he's and, <laughs> and he sold those patents to like some giant company. And he's like a billionaire or something. So yeah, there was a very talented person who did it just a bit early. And I've heard people say that it's the best product they've ever felt. And it's from 2005. I looked at it too, about revi reviving it, but uh, it, it, no one wanted to talk to us about it. So Man. there are some risks to, uh, they, they actually had the best product maybe ever and they went out of business a long time ago. Oh, because there was a patent problem with them too. Yeah, well, but it was couple things before it was before their time. And now we can learn lessons from people that came before, but I do not think this like blowjob idea that anybody could get a blowjob, like celebrities could do this. Like all these thirst trappy women, you know, I mean, like, do you want to, Hey, I get plenty of guys who are like, Oh my God, I just want to fuck you. And I'm like, well, that's just not possible because you know, I don't, I don't, can't spread would you myself sell, if, we, if we offered it, would you want to be the first? Uh, you'd want to be the first in the catalog? Fuck yes. I don't even need, you don't even need to finish that sentence. I'm a businesswoman. Hell yes. Yes. I will give my time for free. I will donate my body to science. Yeah. Once we're, uh, <laughs> once someone else is uh, making money at it, we'll come right in and beat them. Uh, we'll do it better, better and bigger. No. And you'll be we're the number one uh, slot there. Yeah. Once we have the science, once we have it all, like we have it all, then we're just reaching out to the various people. And like I said, this is going to revolutionize. It's a thing that only fans and all these cam girls and everybody can add on is this virtual component. And so even celebrities, I mean, you know, you think some of these, these celebrities won't do it. They will fucking do it. They're not, a, you know, oh, this is like, uh, this is a gold mine. Huh. All right. Well, I'll put it in the, uh, on my Put it in, I'm putting of it ideas. in the suggestion yeah. box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's there. It's at the top. Yes. All right. Okay. So I just want to wrap up with your you you're quoted as saying, "Until now, we've only controlled sex toys using buttons and dials, which is a hundred year old technology. Thinking yourself or someone else to orgasm will transcend the normal human experience, giving us a completely new sexual ability." And I want to know. What are the benefits that could come, no pun intended, with that statement? And also, what are the cons? Because like we talked about, this is sort of with a lot of responsibility, you know, like this could really change the landscape of how people interact and bond sexually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the benefits are 
new experience, pleasure, fun, novelty, just like anything. Like, you know, they invented new sports. They invented like little new kind of scooters, like just something to make you a bit happier before you die (laughs) and don't get to do anything anymore. So it's really just about, I think, maximizing people can maximize their happy moments in their life before they have to die. So on the negative side, they could using that kind of technology could make them happier using that technology than doing other kinds of normal activities like with other human beings. And that might be, might be negative, but I think everything comes with like people like e-scooters now they're faster, they're fun, but you get hit by cars and you die sometimes. Yeah. Like or people are, or people are getting a little more overweight because of it. Like as a kid, I rode my bike everywhere. Yeah. A manual. I mean, you rode your bike everywhere. Like that was your first little hint of freedom. You loved getting on your bike and so yeah, we exercise. So, yeah, I can't say that everything is going to be all gravy, but uh if it's mostly gravy, then I'm happy to release it to the world. 80% gravy is good. I know. I love it. Okay, so tell everyone where they can find you. Cause I know everybody's going to be super fascinated by all this stuff. So where can people just, you know, link up with you and see what you've been up to and get information on your products. They can learn about Autoblow on autoblow.com. They can learn about what we do sort of as a business on our company website. Our, my company is called, strangely, it's called Very Intelligent E-Commerce Incorporated. So the, the website is V-I-E-C-I.com. Uh, or if they just Google very intelligent e-commerce, we have like vi- all the video, a lot of videos we've done and a bunch of news about us. And if they want to contact me for some reason, they can contact through the company website and those emails go to me directly and I get some fun ones. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm already lobbying you hard. I'm like, please let me be that first like blowjob girl. Like I will do it. <laughs> you can put all the sensors in my mouth like, <laughs> that you want, <laughs> even in me. <laughs> like, nice. I, just, I just find this so fascinating. Yeah. I'm like, I'm all about it. I love data and I love like science and technology. So like, this is right up my alley. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you again. I was so excited to do this interview. Everybody, thank you guys so much for spending a part of your Saturday with us. If you like, absolutely, this is fascinating. So please feel free to reach out to Brian for any questions, comments, go check out his stuff. And you guys know what I love you to do. I love you to leave me feedback. It's so easy to do. You can go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Click on the pink tab on the right side. Leave me a voicemail. You have five minutes. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you personally. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Thank you.